0: In every successful school, there are teachers building bridges. These bridges connect the community with the school, connect students with each other, and connect children with the content they are learning. Today, we're going to talk with a teacher who is using drama, hip-hop, and the arts to successfully build bridges in her school. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Education for a Better World podcast. I'm Mike Soskal.
1: And I'm Diane Smokorowski. Each week we will bring you conversations with some of the most dynamic thought leaders in education. This week's episode is sponsored by GoToScience, a tool that allows our youngest learners the opportunity to learn by going on adventures without leaving their classroom.
0: We know that education will be the driving force for a bright, optimistic future. On each show... We'll introduce you to innovative ideas, we'll stretch your thinking, and help you see ways to empower students to affect positive change in the world.
1: We are thrilled that you are coming along with us on this journey. Let's dream big.
0: Estella Awima Church is a theater and English teacher in Southern Los Angeles, a 2017 finalist for the Global Teacher Prize and a leading educator ambassador with the Education Civil Rights Alliance. She's the co-creator of ENACT, a digital nomadic professional learning network that is harnessing the transformative power of the arts. Estella, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So Estella, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what you teach and what you're passionate about?
2: Uh, I teach theater and English um, in South Los Angeles. grades 9th through 12th. The theater program is a mix of all grades. So my kiddos go from about 13, 14, all the way up to sometimes 19. Um, And my English classes, right now I'm teaching English 10, uh, literature and composition, uh, in addition to a class we call ELA Success, which is a support class for um, English language learners and students with identified special needs. Um, Most of my kiddos in that class are Um, below a fifth grade reading level. Um, So those kids are double blocked with me uh, throughout the week to get a little extra support in literature. Um, Some of the things I'm passionate about, uh, obviously theater. Um, I was a theater geek in high school, so I couldn't wait to uh, become a drama teacher, um, teaching stage crew and technical theater, design, lights and sets and everything. Uh, My previous career was stage management and technical direction. So, um, that's, that's what I love to do, like to make Stella happy. Um, so, um, it's great to do it with my students as well. And, um, put on, we put on productions, at least two shows every year, um, plus traveling to, to our regional competitions.
1: Well, I have to say that one of my favorites, aspects about you is that you do improv in your classroom to build community. Can you talk a little bit about that with us?
2: Yeah, uh, we're actually part of a league. Uh, It's called Comedy Sports High School League, Comedy Sports Hollywood. um, They are a professional uh, improv comedian troupe. Um, And years ago, they started up this uh, high school league. And so we joined um, a few years back. I think this is our third or fourth year being in the league we play other local schools um, and it's set up to be competitive improv so sort of like whose line is it anyway but we treat it like a football match so it's a two-hour show or game Uh, we have green turf on the stage Uh, we've got red versus blue we have to hire a ref for every match he's got a whistle and everything we've got fouls Um, the the two fouls that, that get get called our brown bag fouls, uh, which is, it's a clean and smart show. So anytime a kid says anything that could be considered lewd or rude, they get a brown bag file. Um, and it's, it's hilarious because the kid has to finish the game with a brown paper bag over their head. Um, <laughs> And so it gets them trained to, you know, play smart, be funny without being being rude. And it it, it makes it a really welcoming space for anyone. Um, and no matter what your beliefs are, where you come from, we everyone's playing by the same rules. Um, it's really fun. We play against other high schools as often as we can. Um, and our season usually kicks off uh, in the spring for improv comedy. And so the rules for that um, because we're, we have to compete against these schools all across the state, uh, we all follow the same three rules. And that's rule number one is don't deny. Number two, watch each other's back. And number three, always make each other look good. Um, and the first time I saw those rules truly in action, uh, we were up in Sacramento, my kids and I, we were advocating for theater that day. It was, it was California uh, Theater and Schools Day. And the director of comedy sports looked out into the crowd pulled out like six or seven random comedy sports players that he recognized, and those kids got up on stage and put on the most hilarious show ever, and they had never met each other before. Um, and so, and it was because of those three rules. We all function and work on those same three rules. So it's, it's kind of become the foundation and cornerstone of our theater program, and it's where all of my beginning drama, beginning drama kids start at the beginning of every school year.
0: Wow. I, I love so many different things about that. I, I love the relationships that are being built. Um, I love the um, competitive but friendly atmosphere. I mean, as someone who coached girls soccer for 10 years at the varsity level, those the way that um, competition and being on a team brings out the best in each individual uh, player you know, is something that I always strived as a coach to make happen. And it sounds like those rules are so well designed to facilitate that within your group. Yeah keeps it simple and straightforward. One of the words that that comes up when someone looks you up online, Estella, is intersections. Can you talk a little bit about that word?
2: Um, I think that it kind of starts with with me. Um, I am first generation American, first in my family go to school, Samoan, Nigerian, American. Um, And so uh, growing up, I think I had a hard time just figuring out who i was who i was supposed to be what my purpose was in life once i figured out that there wasn't a box i was supposed to fit in um it really sort of shaped my framework or my lens or how i view the world and so um it's something that i try to bring to my practice every single day uh, helping my kids understand that they too are living at these intersections whether it's Um, you know being biracial or mixed race or uh, you know being the the kid who has to translate for their parents and um, uh, just a number of things being an English language learner um, you know never quite feeling like you fit in because you maybe you don't fully know Spanish or you don't fully know English and you're somewhere in between um, but we're all kind of living at these these intersections. Um, and so it, it it guides, I guess, how I am able to be, to show up and be present for my kids. Um, and it guides the ways in which I'm able to be response, responsive to them and culturally relevant. Um, so, yeah. And I also think I think um, just being a a theater teacher, theater is one of the arts that encompasses almost every other art. Uh, If we put on a musical, there's choreography and music and design graphics, marketing, publicity. Um, And so my kids are able to understand it in that way as well, that their skills that they're developing when we put on a single production are super transferable and um, they can, they don't have to choose. They could, they can be on stage and learn a direct at the same time. They can design graphics and marketing and still be the lead in the show. So intersections, I believe in them.
1: I think that is beyond powerful. And what I especially take away from that is it really forces you to look within, um, which is one of those reflective things that we don't have a lot of opportunity to do that in school. Mm-hmm. But when you start to reflect and determine who am I, where do I fit in the world and what can I do to contribute to the world's greater good? Well, then we have opportunity for change yeah. and uh, that you've made that a cornerstone is pretty powerful all the way around. Thank you. Question for you is hip hop pedagogy. I know we have a lot of English teachers. They've Give us some information.
2: Um, hip hop based uh education or hip-hop pedagogy is something i came across as as an undergrad i was part of an organization called the hip-hop think take um at cal state northridge um and we were really working to create a space for hip-hop in academia and politics and and so while there as an undergrad i was sociology my background is is in um, sociology and africana studies and so um while working there uh I began just toying around with it and trying to figure out um, how can I create a space for this in academia in the k through twelve setting? I mean a lot of scholars were already working towards that goal um, hip hop heads who were who were now in academia they were already sort of working towards that and so I, I continued playing with it um, and so uh, for example, or one thing I was really focused on in my master 's program was drawing connections and lines between Shakespeare and um, a very well written hip hop verse, and I can you can pull uh, verses from Eminem um, and almost exactly line it up with uh, Shakespearean sonnet. Um, the the mathematics that are in um, a rock hymn verse line up very well to um, Shakespeare's prose, um, and so. It, it's just it's just fun. It's fun to point it out. There's there's a game my kids and I play uh, just before we get into Julius Caesar and Othello. Um, it's called Shakespeare or. Um, and so I pull all these lines, lines from the Bible, lines from Marvel comics, from hip hop uh, songs um, and from Captain Picard and Star Trek. Uh-huh. And they have to tell me uh, was Shakespeare or Um, And that game sometimes ends up taking two days because it gets intense um, because they they start getting really good at it. Um, They realize that a lot of the sayings they probably thought came from the Bible were actually uh, in a Shakespearean play or poem first. Um, And so they, yeah, they, they get really into that. And it's hilarious just to hear them like consider was it Shakespeare or was it Batman? And they're <laughs> staring at the question for a really long time, trying to figure it out. Um, so, yeah, so it's just, it, it's a lot of fun to um, to show kids those, those parallels. But I, I think what I was really after um, was a way to, my youngest brother, he's a high school senior now, and um, I was really concerned with his reading level and his writing skills. And I was trying to figure out a way to just, to get him to read without making him read, um, or making him feel like it was it was a chore. He used to spend the summers with me and complain, um, like "You're my sister, and you're making me do homework, and I want to just hang out." Um, and so I was trying to figure out a way to to not stress him out and make him anxious about it. And so I was looking for alternative ways, and and hip hop based education and hip hop pedagogy was one of them. Um, the the I think what's most beautiful about bringing it into the classroom is building a bridge between the canon and where the kids are. Um, and I know there's like different frames of thought or schools of thought on that, and we should just stick to the canon, or you know, the alternative stuff isn't give enough un- giving them enough. Um, and I might agree a little bit with that, but it's definitely a way to 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 get them talking um, to to really to get them to realize that they they know more than they think they know. Um, If they can recite a rap song off the top of their head, if they can freestyle, then they're already a poet. If they can recall the lyrics to a song, even if it's a rock ballad, um, then they've got some performance skills, some public speaking skills already innate in them. Um, And so it's a really good way to just to pull those things out. Um, of them to just to help them recognize that they do know more than they think they know Um, and just sort of close the gap between the canon and what they uh, love to listen to all day long Um, I mean one of my favorite artists is Kendrick Lamar and another one is J. Cole and those are two more relevant ones or current artists that kids know Um, and Kendrick Lamar is his skills are ridiculous and pointing out Like adding the literary terms to what Kendrick is doing on a song, really, it 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 gets them thinking about Kendrick in a whole different way, and then they understand. Well, that's why my dude won the Pulitzer. Like, of course. Um, and it 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 just it really helps them remember those terms, and and uh, it's a great way to bridge a gap between the canon and what they already know.
0: Before we continue, we'd like to share the sponsor that made today's show possible. GoToScience is a collaborative community that's empowering pre-K through second grade students to make the world a better place, one curious mind at a time. Through online virtual adventures, cross-curricular activities, and hands-on inquiry lessons, Beth and Curtis hope your students get excited about learning.
1: Their program is simply one of the best I've ever come across for developing critical thinking and problem-solving skills in our youngest learners. Each month, we get to give away a free year-long subscription to Science to one lucky listener. Here's how to win in February. First, go to our website, edforbetterworld.com, and subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or Google Play.
0: Then send us a picture of you with a sign that says, I love the Education for a Better World podcast. You can either tag us in a tweet or share it with us on Facebook.
1: We'll choose our favorite picture that is sent to us in February and announce the winner in March. Good luck.
0: You know that Diane and I are really passionate about helping students and teachers create amazing learning experiences in school. We've worked with educators around the globe to elevate their teaching and to innovate in their classrooms.
1: That's why we've created a brand new workshop that will empower your teachers to help students learn more by more, we mean that the learning will be motivating, organic, relevant, and experiential.
0: By empowering students and teachers, we can truly use education to make the world a better place. To send us an inquiry about our Learn More workshops or any of the other keynote or workshop offerings that Diane and I can provide, visit the podcast website at edforbetterworld.com. That's ed, the number four, betterworld.com.
1: We hope to see you in person soon.
0: Now let's return to the show. One of the things that I know you're very passionate about and, and it's something that we share is um, using the Sustainable Development Goals to uh, create global citizens and help empower kids to make a difference in their world. Mm-hmm. And you are a high school drama and English teacher and I'm an elementary science teacher and um, you know the content that we teach is so very different, but, but that thing is similar. And so could you talk a little bit about um, how you do that Wrapping all of these other things, literally and figuratively, wrapping all these uh, these other things that you do in your classroom into the SDGs to help empower your kids. Uh,
2: well, one very great way that everybody listening can do is Join a project with Cohen Timmers. Um, So in my English classes, uh, we've been doing now for the last couple of years, the Climate Action Project in October. Um, And then we're looking forward to the Innovation Project um, this spring semester. Um, That's one very, I guess, simple way to embed it into my English class. For my theater students, um, we do something called the Art and Service Project in the spring. And so at the end of the fall, they start thinking about what... I give them an option. Either they focus on a sustainable development goal or they pull an article for them from the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Um, and I figure they, they both line up fairly well. Um, so it, it, it would still, they'd still be um, going towards the SDGs, but they have to pick one that they're pretty passionate about and they get into small groups. And then in the spring, they spend the entire semester coming up with a way to attack that goal using their art in some way. And so over the years, they've come up with some pretty creative stuff. Um, last year, I had a small group. They they came up with an organization, a campaign they called in Power, W-O-M-I-N, Power. And they went around the neighborhood um, documenting narratives of women of different ages, different ethnicities, different religions. Um, and they were just interested in, I guess, elevating the stories of what they called Everyday She-Rose in Our Neighborhood. Um, and they created this beautiful scrapbook and and then turned it into a digital platform. Um, and immediately the teachers, I noticed the women on campus were just walking around bubbly and Ms. Church, I just, I love the photo shoot and, the, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then my kids came and told me later what their project was about. Um, and then I understood, and it, it really impacted the, the women on our campus that semester. Um, I've had uh, students, I had one young lady, the very first year we did the project, she was really concerned about Islamophobia in our neighborhood, and so she put together, she directed her own showcase um, featuring monologues about women uh, who practice uh, Islam or who choose to wear a hijab, or, um, and... It, it was great because in our neighborhood, we don't have a large Muslim um, uh, population, but the show was packed and people were really, other students were really interested in learning. Um, And she was able to raise enough money that she donated to an organization uh, focused on improving um, media representation for all people. Um, And so the, the projects have, been so different, like vastly different. Every kid comes up with something that they are concerned about um, and they come up with very interesting ways to use their art. My only rule is it, it's attached to an SDG or an article and their art skills are very clearly visible in whatever the final product is. Um, so that's that's the biggest way that that we do it.
0: What would you say to teachers who were concerned about um, implementing something like that in their classroom because they're worried about the curriculum that they have to teach or this curriculum that's handed to them. And they're worried that if they do something like that, they're not going to have time for those other things.
2: Well, to be honest, I'm sometimes still worried about it. Not that I'm worried about not doing the other things, but worried that like administration walks in and they're like, what are you doing? Please explain. Um, And every time I, I sit down and think about it, I, I remind myself that it, it absolutely makes sense. Like our graduate, our district's graduate profile says that kids should be leaving as global communicators and you know active citizens and, and empathetic and tolerant. Um, and so I fall back on that, or I, I assure myself with that, that I'm fine and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, also in the, the theater standards, I mean, the theater standards directly say that students need to learn how to be empathetic. And so, I know no other way to teach empathy explicitly than to um, create spaces where they're really being forced to think about another person um, and consider if they truly are tolerant and working to create a safe space for other human beings and their, their peers. Um, also, with stuff like, like the uh, Climate Action Project, they're attacking these SDGs, but the amount of research that my kids have to put in to that project and then the research papers that they pump out afterwards, I know that they've, they've attacked MLA and their citations and those, those things have been have been dealt with um, and they didn't even notice. So the, like that's the good part about it. Um, they had no clue that we were really focused on their research skills through the Climate Action Project.
0: Yeah, that's really one of the tricks to good teaching, isn't it, right? Getting yeah. the kids to uh, to want to do the things that, you, that they have to do in the classroom, right? You know, with, right. if you can make that happen, you're, you know, the battle is 90% won. <laughs> yep. Okay. Then I just
2: got to grade them. That's the uh, <laughs> other part. <one. laughs>
1: that's yeah. something we're still trying to figure out, is like how <laughs> to grade them a little more quickly. But uh question for you is, you know, you create these incredible experiences with your students where they think and they, purposefully play and they create with all kinds of mediums which can you tell us a story of a student who just really wowed you who may have overcome something in order to just
2: create an incredible piece oh my goodness to be honest there's like so many every single year um i don't know what it is about drama but i mean the kids and i joke that it's really morbid but they joke that uh we're the broken ones but or the outsiders i don't know what it is about drama class but it always seems like my theater program are full of the kids who automatically have so much to get through or so many barriers to to get over um at least that's just how it feels to us maybe because we're in it but um there are so many every single school year and semester um I mean, we have students in our program every year who are on the spectrum, um, and these are kids who, at, at some point, were either selective mute or were told they couldn't apply to college or one thing or the other. Um, and they're doing well. I mean, like they're they're performing two-hour improv comedy shows on their own when, you know, someone told them that they really shouldn't be talking or you know didn't have to bother, um, and You know, they're up on stage cracking the funniest puns and dad jokes I've ever heard. Um, I've had students, you know, overcome extreme emotional disturbance and anxiety issues. And then I watch them go to a regional competition and compete in a room full of 100 people. And they never skip a beat. Um, And so every single semester I've had a kid who just absolutely wow. I think, well, I guess if I had to pick one this year, he's one of my seniors, so I'm going to miss him. Um, This young man uh, is openly gay. And for the last three years on our campus has dealt with some pretty hostile and pretty bad, nasty um, homophobia on our campus, from teachers even. Um, And he has become the biggest, boldest advocate for every kid on our campus. He helped found our Gay Straight Alliance and every step of the way, he has just grown tougher and stronger for other kids. And I could not be prouder because um, I can look from, from my classroom door, I can look across the campus and I can spot all the kids who very clearly have been impacted by him because they are themselves. They are out and it is a much more um, caring environment for them. And um, I know that it's, it's because of him. It's absolutely because of him. Um, we used to joke that we would um, dress code him because he wears these really short shorts and he's about 6'3". Um, And then one day I asked him, like, I know those shorts are longer because I saw you on the bus this morning. (laughs) Uh, Why do you do it? And he said to me, I want to make sure that people who don't accept me feel absolutely uncomfortable when I walk into a room. And I want to make sure that every kid who is like me feels absolutely comfortable when I walk in a room. And... Yeah, I just, I couldn't be prouder of them. Wow.
1: Kids are awesome. Kids yeah. are awesome. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, so I'm going to shift gears since, since Diane made you cry. Um, yeah. I'm going right, to try and cheer you up a little bit. <laughs> we'll go a different direction. Although those, those are happy cheers, right? I mean, you know, those are yeah, yeah. the things that we feel when we, we see our students succeed. Um, so you were recognized as one of the top 50 teachers in the world uh, as a Global Teacher Prize Finalist in 2017. Uh, talk a little bit about that experience and uh, what it was for like for you as a teacher.
2: Oh my God, it's still pretty intense. Um, I was waiting, I'm, sometimes I still wake up and wonder, did Varky and the committee make a huge mistake? Like um, I was really shocked to find out when I found out I was in my, my English class, it was six period end of the day and I got a phone call telling me, I need you to send me a, a headshot. And I was like, excuse me, who are you? I don't understand what's happening. And she's like, uh uh, we go live with this with this news, with this information, like now. Um, and I was like, What information? And she's like, You're a top 50 finalist for the global teacher prize. And I was like, What? I started screaming, I lose it. My kids are like, What's going on? Um, I tell them and they start screaming and and Rebecca's still on the phone like, hello, hello, (laughs) I need you to send a photo. Um, So we stopped the lesson and I send a picture as fast as I can. Um, And I was just shocked. I'm I'm still pretty, pretty shocked. Um, And I, when, when I got to Dubai, someone actually asked me, how does it feel to lose? And I was like, (laughs) excuse me, uh, there was a video sent from Prince Harry last week. I don't, I didn't lose anything. (laughs) Prince Harry might know my name. I don't feel like I lost anything. Um, so it was, it was really great. I think the best part about it was sharing that news with my students right then and there. And, um, still the best part about it is my kids were my biggest cheerleaders. When I got back home from Dubai, the room had, they like, balloon bomb the room and there was posters everywhere and they um until this date it it gives them like this this i think they're it inflated their ego more than it did mine they kind of walk around campus like did you hear our director is a top 50 <laughs> finalist and they're really sometimes obnoxious about it i'm like guys chill they are like but i mean <laughs> so um It's it was just great. They they were really puffing their chest out and walking around campus with a whole lot of pride. And um I was proud that I made them proud. And um yeah, I still can't I still can't fully believe it. And um the coolest thing has been getting to meet the other finalists. Um as soon as I connected with folks in Dubai, Michael included, I was like, I found my people. Like this, this is my tribe. Like these, everyone here understands exactly who I am, where I'm coming from, my mission in life. I don't have to explain anything to anyone. They just get it. Like they just understand. Um, And it felt great to be on a team. Everyone's working towards the same goal and we are spread out around the world. And that is the coolest thing. I feel like it's better than being in a fraternity or sorority because I've got folks in every corner of the world um, who I can call up and work on a project with or just hit up on Messenger and hey how you doing and check in and it's it's so amazing to be part of the VTA family.
0: Yeah. And the initiation of hanging out in a desert um, with a bunch of other <laughs> teachers is way cooler than like having to drink a goldfish or whatever fraternities and sororities <laughs> yeah. make you do, right? You, you know? <laughs> absolutely true. Uh, so okay. we have one last we have one last question for you, Stella. Um and this is a question we ask of all of our guests at the end of the show. You have to do it in one or two sentences. So that's the tough part. All right. All right? If you could change education in any way to make the world a better place, what would you do?
2: I would figure out a way to make it about just the kids. That's it. That's all it's about.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Please visit our website at edforbetterworld.com. That's Ed, E-D, the number four, betterworld.com for show notes and to learn more about inviting Mike and I to lead a workshop for your teachers. And don't forget to check the other podcast related goodies.
0: We wanna thank Estella Awima Church for being our guest on today's show. Credit for music on the show goes to Midair Machine. Join us next week for a conversation with GoToScience founders, Beth Heidemann and Curtis Bentley. Beth is a presidential award-winning science teacher and Curtis is an archeologist. And we'll be talking about ways to inspire a love of learning in our children.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that it gave you some new ideas and perspectives.
0: Through education and action, we can create a better world.
1: Until we're together again, continue to dream big.
0: And affect positive change.